It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Open at them. Crash and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on, the coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. What's up, my nerds? Nerds! I work with a bunch of nerds. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Welcome to the Back Row Morning Show, part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network and the official exclusive morning show for LTN Radio. I'm Radio Matt. I'm the station manager for LTN Radio. I'm a third generation radio dude and a lifelong nerd. Also, my favorite bottled water is the Walmart Great Value brand. And I'm Mo, the shorter yet louder, and some might even say smarter counterpart of the Back Row. I'm a wife, mom, super fan of all things friends, and I did not get my driver's license until I was 18. Why was that again? Just because my parents thought I didn't need it, which they were probably right. That's probably a good idea. (laughs) Parents didn't make all the best decisions, but that was a good one. Yeah. (laughs) It's fair. Today on the show, we're reviewing the new faith-based film from Netflix, A Week Away. And we're going to examine what makes a film a Christian film. We've also got a game, Tales of Florida Man, Five Random Facts, Things We Love, and more. But first, today is Wednesday, May 5th, Revenge of the 5th, 2021, and uh, we got some holidays to celebrate. That's right. Obviously, it's Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. It's uh, just uh, 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 celebrating uh, uh. a battle. Between tacos even, and margaritas? It wasn't I'm... even the battle that won the war or anything, just a battle. Hey, that's all right. Uh, Not to all... downplay it or anything, and just that's what that's what Wikipedia said. Also, National Astronaut Day. Thank those astronauts in your lives, y'all. <laughs> How many astronauts do you know, Mo? None. <laughs> but somebody has to I'm know at sure least one. I'm not sure they're real. I think they're all actors. <laughs> 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 it's true. I mean, Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. <laughs> What's Tom the Hanks. other guy's name? I don't remember. The funny guy. Funny, funny looking guy. I don't know who we're talking about. He was like... The uncle, quote unquote uncle on Armageddon. Oh, I don't remember anything really about that movie beyond oh, okay. the two characters. Um, and hey, it's National Hoagie Day. I like hoagies. Do you like hoagies? I don't think I've ever had a hoagie. I've had a grinder, but uh, not a hoagie. Oh, uh, what's the difference? <laughs> I don't think there's a difference. There's not a difference. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> That I is also, the joke. We kind of went through this. Oh, yeah, it is Steve Buscemi. Who it is Steve Buscemi. Okay, hey. Okay. I got um, that right without even knowing it. Yeah. Uh, so I we we talked about this. It's been a it's been a minute. It's been a hot minute. Uh, hot minute. But we talked about this: the difference between sandwiches and subs and hoagies and, and grinders. Remember, yeah, remember that? Yeah. I back think in the so. day. Back back in the day. day. And we our conclusion have, was there's, there's, there's no difference. One. Yeah. We may have still been a podcast when we talked about mm. that. That was a while ago. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Well, it's game day Wednesday. And today, wait, no, sorry. Last week, you may remember, Mo bested me in a round of Would You Rather, which earned her the opportunity to challenge me for the back row undisputed championship title belt woo, woo. in the same game. So. Can I get a? No, you can't. 
So we're <laughs> somebody set it out there. We're gonna play this. Uh, would you rather? Uh, and again, the goal for this is not to answer what we would rather, but uh, actually to pick what we think most people would choose. Uh, this app tells us, you know, which one is the most popular option. So here we go. Are you ready? No. Do you want to go first? Uh uh-uh. uh. Do you want to answer? Ask me first. I, I just need you to know. What? For our listeners who don't know. What? We record all of these in one day. And so yesterday you heard us do the jerky on our taste test. Mm. And my stomach is hurting now. <laughs> you want some Pepto-Bismol? Uh, n- no. I drink right out of the bottle. Uh-uh. <laughs> it hit me all it the just time. just hit you right now? Yep. Wow. Let's play this game before it wears off. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather have 100 duck-sized elephants or one elephant-sized duck? Oh, my gosh. Okay, 100 duck-sized elephants. I got I to gotta see this. A duck-sized elephant. Okay, or one elephant-sized duck. I'm going with 100 duck-sized elephants. Wrong. 59% Y'all would rather are, have listen. an elephant-sized duck. That's Do you know... Terrifying. Think about how a duck walks, it waddles, okay? And then it... <laughs> that thing would be so annoying to be elephant-sized. <laughs> Meanwhile, a hundred tiny little elephants Wouldn't would they be, be adorable. Thing ever? Yeah. yeah. Adorable and heavy With little suckers. With their tiny little trunks. <laughs> that would be cute, yeah. Thank you. you. You made the right choice, in my opinion, but you were wrong. Uh, also, you should probably... Mark these. Oh, oh, here, I got it. You got it? Okay. So X for that one. All right. Would you rather finish university with high grades, but in a longer period of time, or finish university in the four years, but with average grades? This isn't a very high stakes one. Um, (laughs) Average time, average, or... Normal time, yeah. Four years with average average grades, grades. yeah. No, fifty-two percent would rather have higher grades and go to college longer. Dumb, (laughs) dumb. No, actually, they're smart because they're going to go to college longer. No, (laughs) nope. Going to college longer does not make you smarter. Would you rather have a seven-inch TV or a two-inch phone? Teeny tiny. A seven inch. Gosh, like I'm looking at our monitor here. Seven inches would be like right there. Right there. So that's your TV. Just a little bit bigger than a phone. (laughs) I'm saying a seven inch TV. Seven inch TV. 66%. Good job. You got one. Would you rather have no teeth or have no tongue? What on earth? <laughs> I don't know who writes these questions. What on earth? <laughs> if I don't have a hung, they'll call hawk. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> well. <laughs> if you had no teeth, you couldn't eat. If you had no teeth, you could bite. just have a liquid diet. Ugh. I'm saying teeth. Have no teeth? 68% agree with you. Yeah, good job. Okay. 
Would you rather make people cry or make people angry? Man. (laughs) Toffee in the uh, Twitch chat watching along with us said, dentures are a lot easier to get than a tongue implant. And Uh, you are not not wrong. You are not wrong. (laughs) Okay. I see. Can I? Okay. It says, would you rather make people angry or make people cry? Here's the thing. Making people cry doesn't necessarily mean that you've upset them. I can make someone incredibly happy and make them cry. But do you think people are going to think? I don't know. (laughs) I'm saying cry. And that's why I'm saying cry. 55% agree with you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Would you rather get a paper cut every time you touch paper or bite your tongue every time you eat? That's a good one. That's a good would you rather right there. Paper cut. Paper cut? You, You touch paper less than you eat. Most, most people, most I mean, people you, on the average touch paper. But I mean, like, think about this morning alone. You've eaten one thing. You have touched at least seven pieces of paper. So you would have bitten your tongue in the last three hours once or gotten seven paper cuts. Okay, but now see, <laughs> every time you eat, does that mean, like... It doesn't say, like, every, every bite time you, you take. Chew. Yeah. No, it just says every time you eat. So I, I, am, I interpret that as... Breakfast, once lunch, a meal. and dinner. Yeah. Once a meal or once a snack. Okay. But people could have interpreted it a different way. I'll stick with my answer. That's the nature Even of the though game. I think that you've influenced me. <laughs> it's a paper cut? Yeah. 73% of people would rather get a paper cut every time you touch paper. That's so many people. Yeah. There you go. That's the wrong choice. In my opinion. <laughs> Would you rather lose your sense of touch or lose your sense of smell? (laughs) How do you lose your sense of touch? You just don't feel anything? I guess. Listen, smell was hard, y'all. Or would you, like, all your skin be taken off? I don't understand. Would you lose your nervous system? I don't understand. I'm saying... I'm saying smell, but... It's difficult. You'd rather lose your sense of smell? Yeah. 67% agree with you. Okay. Is that seven? That's 67. Yes. Yeah. I got five out of seven. That right. 67% have not had COVID. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, all right. All right. Ready? Would you rather be attacked by a tiger or be attacked by a great white shark? Dang. Uh <laughs> It was a great white shark. I like swimming away is a lot harder than running away, but at the same time, a tiger's gonna catch me if I try to run away after getting attacked. Tiger. Sixty-seven percent said yes. Ooh. All right. Would you rather live without any mirror in your home, including cameras, or live without any dishes in your home? This is dumb. Live without any mirror or live without any dishes? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. 
See, this is one of those. No that... way to look at yourself at all. Right. But this is one of those things where, like, your car is not in your home. Exactly. Like, out of your home. Uh, and come Paper to plates are not dishes. Could I have paper plates? Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess dishes. No. What? 59% said mirror. What? I would have said dishes. I'm not vain, but I need to look at myself in the mirror. Yeah. Um. Okay. Would you rather that snow falls all the time or that rain falls all the time? Oh, that's a hard one. Not for me. I love both. Mm-mm. But if rain was falling all the time, we'd be flooded. But if snow was falling all the time, we'd be yeah, stuck you'd... in our house. Yeah. You'd be in a... Shoot. Always blizzard. Rain, I guess. Rain. Come on. No. No. 60% said snow. No. Again. That's no. That's the wrong answer. No. That's a wrong answer. Dang. Listen, See, that's even, the part about this game. It's par, it's part skill, but it's mostly luck. <laughs> so, yeah. And my thought with snow versus rain is rain can fall in the summertime. So it can still very much be warm. Sure. Yeah. But when snow falls, it has to be cold. Yeah. Yeah. I don't right. always want to be cold. Anyway, right. would you rather, you can only tie me, yeah. would you rather speak every language in the world fluently or be the best in the world, be the best in the world in one area of your choosing? Speak every language or be the best at something? I mean, if you could speak every language in the world, wouldn't you be the best multilingual person because I don't know anybody who can speak every language. So I could get the best of both worlds with that top one. Sure. <sighs> but things haven't been going my way, so I'm going to say be the best in a field. No! Come on. 57%. Y'all are not consistent. Said. Y'all are not speak consistent. Speak every language in the world Either fluently. be narcissistic or don't be narcissistic. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, do we want to continue playing? Yeah. All I need right. to practice. Uh, would you rather be locked in a room that is constantly dark for a week? There we go. Uh, be locked in a room that is cons- constantly dark for a week or be locked in a room that is constantly bright for a week. Oh, dark. Definitely. Because bright would start to make you go crazy. Oh, they're dumb. They're dumb. They're dumb. Go watch any. Go watch a video. Uh, either from well, go watch go watch Mindfield, the very first episode of Mindfield on YouTube, where he puts himself in a room with a bright light that's on all the time for three days, and how he almost goes crazy. You can sleep in the dark and chill. I mean, I'm sure that wouldn't it would mess with your head too, but not as much as the light does. You have to have darkness. You have to be able to sleep or you will start to go nuts. No, no, stupid, mm-hmm. stupid. Uh, would you rather not drink anything for three days or not eat anything for six days? Ooh, ooh, ooh. 
I, I'm just going to go with what I would think. I would rather not eat anything for six days because oh. drinking is... I, I you're just going to... No, no, it's wrong. <laughs> not even going to check. Just going to write you an X. All right. You said not eat anything for six days? Yeah. Ooh. Wow. Just barely wrong. Yep. But wrong. You, you can't not drink anything for three days, guys. I think you dry up after two and a half. <laughs> I think you're in the hospital after two and a half of not drinking anything. Pretty sure. You got that wrong. Right. Okay. And you said eat anything for six. That's no, I said you can't drink anything. for. I said you can't not drink anything for three days. Okay. All right. Would you rather live in the Harry Potter universe or live in the Pokemon universe? Harry Potter or Pokemon? I mean, the Pokemon universe is not super threatening. Harry Potter has a lot of, like, villains, mm -hmm. death spells and things, weird I, beasts. I'm curious what my son's answer Fantastic is on this, beasts. because these are his two worlds in one. Hmm. Pokemon... Harry Potter. Which one, Topher? Which one are you going to say? Oh, don't look. Because I... You hit it already? Yeah. I'm going to say... Shoot. <sighs> Pokemon. What is it? Harry, Harry Potter? Potter? Come on. You want to get eaten by a giant falcon or something? Topher also said... Topher also said Pokemon. Um, and his he he brought up a really good point about the whole light and darkness thing, which is exactly what I was thinking, no, but I just didn't say. It's not a good point. It is a good point because they did not say that you were stuck in a room with nothing and only light. It doesn't matter. It does matter because if you had a blanket, say you're stuck in your bedroom with absolutely everything that you have now, you just can't use light or dark. But you can cover yourself up with that blanket and go to sleep. You can, but it's not going to be what you think it is. It's sure. not going to be a restful night's sleep, and it's still going to have the same effect. And again, if you watch that video, you'll see the same thing. He had a blanket. He had a pillow. He was able to cover his eyes. He was able to do whatever he could. Didn't matter. Okay, but so listen to this on the opposite end of it, okay? Being in a room that is completely dark, you, over time, you can hear things, but you can't see them. Mm -hmm. you have no idea what those things are. What else is making noises? Because it's completely dark. Mm -hmm. That would drive me more insane than being It'll, stuck in. That will, that will scare you. No, it would drive me insane. And that like, would to total cause paranoia. you maybe to start hallucinate a little bit. But the light thing actually starts to literally degrade your brain. Like it starts to create that this was part of the the video is that it actually starts to create permanent brain damage like there are people in prisons who get thrown in the hole for months at a time in complete darkness or complete light yeah the ones that are complete darkness they go a little nuts while they're in there but then they get out and they can acclimate the ones that are in complete light all the time have problems yeah that's I mean, again, this is stuff you don't really think about when you're asking yourself a stupid question on your phone. Right. But that's the only reason I know that. I do think, I think both are terrible. 
Agreed. But as a person, me personally, I can see more ways around being in a room full of light than being in a room full of dark. It's possible. We'll have to do an experiment, a live Twitch experiment. Mo gets to be locked in a room full of light. I get to be locked in a room full of darkness. We'll come out and see who's the craziest at the end of three days. Works for me. <laughs> Why not? And whoever does gets the butte, gets the butte, gets the belt for <laughs> eternity. <laughs> uh, so Mo won. Mo won the game. She's Woo! the dang champion again. I got to hold on to it for all of you three weeks. You only got one right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need that. I don't need that information from you. Thank you. Oh, goodness gracious. All right, well, let's take a break right here. When we come back, Tales of Florida Man. Stick around. I should have won that game. Hey, everyone. I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So how we respond when we're completely overwhelmed says a lot about who we are as a person in the watchman world dr manhattan is a nearly omnipotent fictional hero and there's this point in the storyline where his life is being manipulated that everyone he comes in contact with has cancer and it's intentionally done to cause him to be overwhelmed and it works and when this situation occurs he teleports everyone around him that was trying to ask him questions away and then he literally runs away and goes to mars <laughs> he was so overwhelmed with people demanding things from him when he was emotionally wounded that he ran away and it reminded me of a similar situation with Jesus, but a completely different outcome because of who Jesus is. In Matthew 14, Jesus had just found out that John the Baptist had been killed. This was his cousin, his friend, the person who baptized him, the person who prepared the way for his ministry. He lost someone he loved dearly. Verse 13 says, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. Jesus was hurt and wounded and he needed to get away from everybody else. But instead of like teleporting everybody else like Dr. Manhattan did, Jesus stayed still and he actually ministered to the people that sought after him. He healed the sick. He fed them. This is where he took five loaves and two fish and fed 5,000 plus people. He stayed with them and met their needs even though he was emotionally destroyed. Verse 23 says that after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. Even though Jesus was overwhelmed, he stayed true to who he was and continued to pour out. But he also didn't neglect the fact that he still needed time to pray and be with God. And I think that's something we can learn is that when we're overwhelmed, we don't have to run away and we don't have to ignore everything else. But we do need to still make sure that we get what we need. Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcasts, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. 
I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And today on the show, reviewing Netflix faith-based film, A Week Away. A week away. And before we do anything else, I've got five random facts for you. Bring it. Is it about Cinco de Mayo? No. Uh, If you truly want to be among the savviest social media users out there, you should probably know that the Twitter bird has an official name. Did you know this? What's his name? I did not know this. Larry. Ugh. The Bird. Ugh. Yes, like Larry Bird, Ugh. the former pro basketball player who played for Twitter co-founder Biz Stone's home team, the Boston Celtics. Okay. That's why he's named a Larry. Okay. 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 Uh-huh. Uh, women are attracted to the scent of good and plenty licorice candy and cucumber. I don't think that it's true, but it's a fact. So <laughs> it's there. All, all women? But apparently, that is Every what it women? says. That is a Every study. Women? A study proved it. <laughs> I, again, was not asked and was not a part of that study. But anyway, Pringles are not actually potato chips and cannot be advertised as such. Correct. Due to their process of production, Pringles are technically potato crisps. Yeah, they get pulped and then formed, and that's how they're all uniform in shape. Exactly. Yep. Uh, King Pepi, Pepi, the second, which is one of Egypt's historical pharaohs, thought so highly of himself that when he was bothered by insects, he would command that one of his slaves be covered in honey to lure the oh, flies away from himself. That's messed up. Yep. That's a messed up behavior. Yep. And lastly, humans are just one of the estimated 8.7 million species on earth. <clears throat> yep. It's really weird. You're welcome. All right. It is time for Tales of America's Worst Superhero. Florida Man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Built it up and everything. Florida Man. Florida Man. We're going to talk about Florida Man. Come on. Come on. Get on the trolley. Florida here. Man. South Florida Man charged in scheme to steal 37,000 stamps. South Florida Man. South Florida. Is, is more extreme than North Florida Man. <laughs> A man from Broward County is accused of scheming to steal 37,000 stamps from post offices across South Florida. Federal investigators say 38-year-old Jeffrey Allen Grant Jr. of Fort Lauderdale used personal checks to buy the stamps from post offices in Palm Beach and Broward counties. But his bank account, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office, didn't have the money to cover the checks. As a result, the United States Postal Service lost about $20,000, and he faces a maximum sentence of 10 years in prison. Wow. And these weren't even like, you know, those special stamps, the commemorative stamps. It's just the forever stamps. Yeah. That's it. He just really wants to bulk up. I mean, how many stamps do you really need? Not that many. I have anymore. a single book of stamps. This is the only one I've bought this year. I've used eight of them. Yeah. And I'm sure I will have some of these at this time next year. Probably. At least one. <laughs> at least one. Yeah. I mean, it's eight bucks. Or I, well, I guess it's nine bucks now. But it's it's not that big of a, uh, a crunch. Yeah. Yeah. Chill out on the stamp hoarding here, guys. It's know. not toilet paper. You don't need to hoard it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Next story. Florida man accused of smuggling drugs into jail with his prosthetic leg. 
Okay. The thing about stash boxes is sometimes you hide things away so well that you forget what's in there. Oh, no. Florida man is accused of letting it slip his mind that drugs were inside his prosthetic leg. Snooze comes from the uh, smoking gun. 37-year-old Keith Adams of Largo is facing three felony charges after police claim they caught him with Xanax and fentanyl while booking him into Pinellas County Jail. Adams was arrested on Saturday during a traffic stop in which police claim they caught the man sitting atop a pipe that tested positive for cocaine residue. Police sources told the website that they specifically asked before transport to jail if anything was concealed in his leg and warned bringing it to jail would be an additional charge. Upon finding the stash, they added two more charges to his case. Interesting. Yeah, I mean... Is there a lot of space? Is there a lot of space? I don't know. I guess I never really. Free empty space to stash stuff? Yeah. I was curious what your thought, like, what's the percentage of that is, like, he was doing it on purpose or he actually forgot? What you think? I mean, he had to know that they were going to check it at some point. But if he already had it on him, maybe he was thinking, well, if I just tell you this is in here now, you're going to charge me with it anyway. Maybe there's a chance you won't check it when we get there. So, I don't know. I think either way would have ended up with the same result. Sure. <laughs> That's fair. And lastly, Florida man must pay nearly $30,000 for overgrown grass. A homeowner will have to pay a Florida city nearly $30,000 for not keeping his grass cut. Federal court sided with the city of Dunedin and their decision to issue thousands of dollars of fines to 71-year-old Jim Ficken. The fines started coming in May of 2018 and Ficken sued the city when they sought to foreclose on his home to collect their payments. Ficken's lawyers argued that Dunan's fines were excessive and they gave him no notice. The city claims the homeowner is a repeat violator uh, from 2015, and so they started charging him $500 a day for future violations. $500 a day. That's insane. This includes having grass that grows taller than 10 inches. The 71-year-old said he was unaware of the fines because he was away from his home to manage his mother's estate since July 2018. Ficken told reporters that the man who usually mowed his lawn died during that time. Nearly two months passed before Ficken knew he owned fines, uh, owed fines. When the bill arrived, it totaled $29,833.50. Ficken's attorney has called the city's actions outrageous, and the homeowner said that he will exhaust every option to fight back. What happened is wrong, and I will continue to fight, he said. I mean, I do believe there should be some sort of fine if you let your stuff get just crazy out of control. Sure. But $500 a day? Yeah, no, that is... With no cap? With no limit of we stop at this point? Yeah, I think it... It's silly. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Mm. Ridiculous. Uh, all right. So uh, this week, earlier this week, I guess, but as we were, we were show prepping and we were figuring out what we were going to talk about, I was uh, on YouTube and I happened to come across a music video that was mixing Awesome God and God Only Knows. And I thought, hmm, that seems like that would be a fun 
collaboration of songs. Right. Turned it on. Turns out it was a clip from a movie that I had never heard about called A Week Away, which was a Netflix uh, faith-based film slash uh, musical. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, this is interesting. Netflix has uh, historically gotten many much negative presses, especially this past couple of years, uh-huh. from church groups and Christian groups. And now it appears they're having their first foray into faith-based filmmaking, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, we talked about that movie Faith-Based, which was yes. about these companies that aren't necessarily Christian opening up a Christian film division and how that can sometimes be unscrupulous. Uh, but, um, you know, at the same time, if it's done right and they hire the right kind of people, they could be fine. So with all that running in my mind, I said, hey, Mo, how would you like to watch a movie and let's review it? Mm-hmm. So uh, we did. Mo got to watch it uh, the day before I did. Uh, but we both caught it this past week. We both watched it. What did you think of the movie? I loved it. Overall. Yeah. I loved it. I did. Everything about it. Loved it. Can you elaborate? <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted me to yeah, elaborate yeah, yeah, yeah. now. Because in, ne- or... in, the, in the next segment, we're going to be talking about kind of what makes a movie a Christian movie. Okay. So let's talk about the movie. Okay. Here. So um, it's cheesy. Very it's, much so. It's corny. It's very much in the vein of high school musical type yes. movies, camp yes. rock, those kind of things. Uh-huh. Um, but the music that they chose... For the movie, which is all like late 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. um, Christian music. I would say mostly late 90s, some even early 90s. Like they had Baby Baby in there from Amy yeah. Grant. <laughs> baby, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they had uh, a lot of Stephen Curtis Chapman in yeah. there. Uh-huh. Um, they had uh, Audio what was it? Saddle, Saddle Up Your Horses. They had audio. They had big house from audio yep. adrenaline, which is yep. a, a Christian classic. It really is. Yep. My uh, kids had, thought yeah. that I was crazy for knowing all the motions to it. <laughs> big big house, lots yeah. and lots of room. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they even did those motions. Yeah. In the credits. Yeah. Because in that in this when the song actually came on, that was the, I think the only song that they weren't actually singing along to. During the movie. Yeah. Like it was like during the it was a, camp collage of uh-huh. games and stuff. Yep. Um, but then they went back and they did the music video for it during the credits where they were doing all those motions. Where and my wife did the same thing. Saying, look, they're doing all the motions. Yep. <laughs> I'm just rolling my eyes. I'm like, oh, these motions are terrible. <laughs> I've always hated them. But I also hate that song. It was played so much, so ad nauseum on the radio for years. It's only been in the last five years that I don't hear it on mainstream Christian radio anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just, it's, it's, it's more than Jesus freak. Like just constant. That is true. So I will say <laughs> I can remember having the wow 2000, mm-hmm. um, album. And I feel like every single one of the songs that was in the movie was on that album. There were quite a few of them. Yeah. But again, like Great Adventure, that's old. That's that's yeah. older. That's that's late 80s, I think. The saddle of your horses. Yeah. We got a trail to blaze. Yeah. Uh, but then Dive, that would have come out around yes. 2000, 2001. Oh. I love that song. Stephen Curtis's, Stephen Curtis Chapman's Dive. So many, so many good songs. What was the song? We talked about it 
Thursday night that it was the Amy Grant song. The other Amy Grant song yeah. was um, Place in This World. Yes. By Place in This World. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's one of her biggest, big, big ones. Yep. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, so that was really fun. Yeah, I watched it. it. I made my boys watch it. Chris, myself, and then the boys watched it. Because it's... Um, Geared towards high school students. Yeah, and, it's geared towards teenagers. Yeah, and their week at camp. So, again, the the plot of the story is pretty cheesy. You know, bad boy forced to go to Christian camp. Otherwise, he'd be sent to juvenile detention. Right, right. And then how his life just all falls into place yeah. while there. Um, so it is very cheesy, very kind of wah-wah as you're watching it, but it's just so, it was written really well. The characters are the actors that they got to play the characters. I actually was looking up most of them because they're not well-known no. actors, but they look Oddly similar to a lot of the main well-known... Gu- the main guy is legitimately knockoff Zach Efron. Legitimately, <laughs> yes. I pulled up a picture of Zach Efron from High School Musical three and showed it to my wife. Go, that's not the same guy. <laughs> well, and I feel that way about the main girl. Um, hold on, who? What's the main girl's name? You have it pulled up right now. Um, um I don't have the cast on this page. Okay, this is a review page. Hold on. She Bailey re- Madison. Oh. Bailey Madison. So it is the same girl. Who's that? Uh, she played the young Snow in Once Upon a Time. Oh. Uh-huh. She played young Snow White in Once Upon a Time. She was also, she's done quite a bit of stuff. Yeah, she's um, been in a lot of things, it appears like. Uh-huh. Parental Guidance. Pete's she was Christmas. Good Witch. Holiday uh-huh. Joy. Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Yeah. Cowgirls and Angels. Home is Where the Heart Is, Adventure Planet, North Pole, Cowgirl yep. Story, The Strangers, Pray at Night. <laughs> She's... Completely different yeah. movie genre. <laughs> she has done a lot. A whole lot. And maybe that's why I was like, man, she looks so much like Young Snow. Mm. But I didn't actually think that it was her. Um, but anyway, so it the cast is really good. It's they have just, uh, David Keckner. Oh, Sherry Shepard. Sherry Shepard and oh, David Keckner. Yeah. There. Uh, yeah, I was surprised to see Sherry Shepard. I'm like, the last time I saw Sherry Shepard, she was Tracy Morgan's wife on 30 Rock. Oh. <laughs> she was on The View for a long time. Oh, alongside, um, well, she and Candace Cameron Bure left right around the same time because their their views were being. Oh, right. Yeah, right, right, right. They were more. They were leaning more faith-based view, uh-huh. view and yep. yeah, that kind of got kicked to the wayside. Yep. Yep. So <laughs> anyway, I thought that it was a beautiful job. Um, cheesy, corny, definitely not something that's going to like leave you thinking heavy in depth thoughts, but it is very feel good. I thought that it was, it did Christian movies justice. Um, the only thing that I kind of thought was, yeah, you're not going to find teenage girls wearing midriffs at a Christian camp. <laughs> Even though it wasn't that bad. Like it I've wasn't. seen other movies that the girls are dressed much more immodestly, immodestly yes. than this movie. This yeah. movie, I'm like, yeah, they're probably going to be covered up a little bit more than this. A little this isn't bit. terrible. Yeah. 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 I mean, it is camp at that point. You, you do wear clothes that are 
not as hot because you're right. in there the sun all the time. Right. Uh, but at so the end, didn't take me out of it. I guess. Yeah. At the end, Bailey Madison has her shirt knotted up to where you can see her stomach. Mm. She's wearing shorts and then a t-shirt that's knotted up and you see her stomach that's and she's right. doing a whole lot of dancing. And so of course it raises here and there. But, and so in that regard, I was like, eh, yeah, all in the scenes where they're at the pool and at the lake, all the girls are wearing one pieces. So right. I was like, okay, Hey, you know, good job good there. Job. <laughs> you know, not saying one is better than the other by any means, but if you go to a youth camp, yeah, you're going to see teenage be, yeah. girls in a one piece, not a bikini. If they're not, they're going to be wearing the camp t-shirt over there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so I think the, the depiction of Christians in the movie uh-huh. was, uh, I think good. Yeah. Like it, it didn't paint them as all these just, just perfect angels. Who had With perfect no lives. Yeah. It, it uh, painted a lot of them as people with self-confidence issues. Painted a lot of them as as teenagers just trying to figure out, you know, what, what they're here for, what they're doing, where they're going. Uh, had a, a, at least one guy, the protagonist of this movie, or not protagonist, antagonist of this movie, uh, was kind of a jerk. Yeah, uh, building building himself up of all the good things that he done in order to get uh, get clout. Yeah, and win things and all this kind of stuff. He even got a little underhanded at one point. Yep. But even he, at the end of the movie, is you know regrets it and yep. apologizes and realizes he was making the same mistakes that he was accusing other people of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think overall it portrayed everybody as just genuine. Nice people. Yeah. Genuine people who want to be better. Uh huh. There were some things, like some, some things that we appreciate, you know, some back row humor Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, specifically with that antagonist in his t shirt, his save the, oh man, narwhals. Save the narwhals. (laughs) Yeah. He was all about that was his thing. And as a Christian, you can look at it and chuckle because it's one of those like, save the turtles, save the world kind of big um, pedestals that Christians like to get up on their high horse that they like to get up on and make a big stink about, you know? Um, So as in that regard, I kind of chuckled at that poke at Christian culture, if you will, you know, which it wasn't overly done and it wasn't done disrespectfully. Um, so I appreciated that. I thought that was right, but it was in the vein of you know we did a mission trip or whatever, and yeah, you know, yeah. What have you done lately? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that kind of thing, uh-huh. which uh, I'm sure a lot of us fall into uh, occasionally. Um, <laughs> the the other bit was the Sherry. Sh- I'm not going to give it justice, but the Sherry Shepherd bit where uh, David Keckner's character mentions the number six. And she's all, not 666, not yeah. the devil. Not Jesus the devil. loves you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, come on. But you could tell also that that wasn't a genuine thing. Like, she was just being awkward and weird. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's Christians. That's how we do things. Yeah. <laughs> We're awkward and weird. Yep. Um, but no, I really liked it. Uh, there wasn't, and I think 
it's it's simply because of the movie itself. The movie is a musical, and it's supposed to be kind of lighthearted. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be uh, more uplifting than not. I think they missed a lot of opportunities to dig deeper into story, but I don't know if that would have played out well in this kind of movie anyway. Right. Had this same plot been used as a normal movie, I think they could have d- dug a lot deeper into the emotions, a lot deeper into the struggles. Um, like, we don't really get a whole lot of... Uh, the girl's character going into her struggle and her yeah. story. She kind of just briefly mentions it here and there, talks about her emotions a lot. You see a lot of instances of her, you know, struggling with these emotions mm-hmm. and feelings, but you don't ever really get into it. You don't get into the meat of it. Yeah. And it's almost the same with the main character. You get a little bit more into it, but it still feels very surface level. Like there's so much more we could have dived into mm-hmm. uh, and explored. Yeah. Uh, which I would have liked a little bit better. But again, it is this style of movie. It's supposed to be a feel good movie. Uh, and yeah. so I don't know if it would have fit. They definitely could have gone very deeper, but they chose very deep not to. Um, that's all I could keep. <laughs> I will say, um, two things that I really did like one, you know, there is a, a love story, a romance that happens, you know, between the main character and then the main girl. Um, but I like that there was never like this big over the top romantic scene between the two of them. I may have missed it, but I don't even think that there was a kiss. There was a kiss. There was a kiss. But even then, like it was a situation where in normal cases, because they were in, they were surrounded by all these people in normal cases, everybody would have seen it and it would have been this big deal. Yeah. And then they were like behind everybody. No one was looking. They had a, uh, one quick kiss. Yeah. And then, you know, she said, We'll talk about this after. Yeah. Go, go do your show or whatever. Okay. And, uh, but yeah, and the most that I remembered was hand-holding, which mm-hmm. I appreciated. You know, mm-hmm. I thought this is very age-appropriate for the characters that they're playing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And being at church camp. Because <laughs> there's so many Christian movies that are played out in the entire movie the entire movie, it's played around this whole idea of what Christian culture is supposed to be like and how Christian teenagers are. But then by the end of it, they wrap it up and it goes completely against everything that they had just led the movie up to. And you're left kind of like, uh, confused by this, but okay. Right. Um, but I also really, really, really loved the fact that there was um, a dispute, if you will, between her and him, um, the climax of the movie. Um where he basically shuts her down and instead of like begging for him, she walks away and mm. she tells him, you know what? Fine. I've done what I can. I'm done basically. Yeah. And she lets him come to his own realization, which I love because yeah. it, I felt like in that way it does teenage girls. It gives them um, something a little more realistic and something a little more not so stupid girl (laughs) to look up to. Yeah. You know what I mean? And in a larger sense, it drives home the fact that we can't make people do what we want them to do. Mm -hmm. We can't change someone. They have to come to that realization uh, on their own. Now you can definitely support them and you can try and, and speak the truth to them, which Mm -hmm. she did. 
Yep. Uh, and that might have been the catalyst for him to actually think about it. But still, ultimately, the decision had to be his. She couldn't drag him back there and then see a change. Right. Like, he had to come to that realization that that was where he belonged. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that stuff, too. Yeah. It was a good... It was definitely a good movie. Far better than what I was anticipating. Mm-hmm. And the the music was good, like you said. Uh, the music, like, bits, like the, the, the parts where they're singing and dancing... Didn't really feel all that cheesy. Yeah. For the most part. There are some that was intentionally cheesy. But like it didn't like it didn't make me cringe like these movies typically do. Uh I liked it a lot. There was a couple, uh, and like the one at the very end, they do the stupid thing where at the very last word and note everybody throws their fist up into the air. Yeah. I'm like, oh come on, don't do that. <laughs> I know it's a staple for these kind of things, but don't do that. We'll see and <laughs> Within, as they're getting on the bus to go to camp, Topher was like, this is not how church camp is. VBS, maybe. Church camp, no. We're all tired. We're all exhausted. No one is singing. (laughs) So coming from a teenager's perspective, I had to chuckle, you know, because I was like, okay, yeah, he's right. Realistically, this is not at all. He was like, I think the most that we sang on our way to church camp was Veggie Tales, and that was not done joyfully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other differences from typical church camps is that there wasn't any, like, messages. There weren't any preaching yeah. sessions. Uh, the the closest to a worship session was that impromptu campfire sing-along yeah. of Awesome God. Uh, but there, there wasn't church. They didn't have church, you know, You're as right. it were, which right. is typically a at least twice a day thing at a normal week camp, yeah. uh, Christian camp. The boys were upset that they have never gone to a church camp where there was war games. Right. <laughs> it was fun. Which but I... It was, it, 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 that did give it more of the typical, I guess, almost uh, uh, stereotypical camp like movie summer camp, camp. Feeling, summer camp not thing. necessarily church camp just right. summer camp the church camp that i went to we did have war games and so i was kind of shocked to hear that the boys the camp all the camps they've gone to over the years didn't have war games so we had teams like we had the colors like yeah. i remember they were doing the color chants at the beginning uh-huh. of this i'm like yeah i remember we had to come up with our own chants yes. too we were team green yeah uh, I was. I got to be the leader that year. We made this cool. They had like a bunch of extra bracelets, which they designated your color. Yeah. And I made one into like a crown. Nice. Because <laughs> they had a bunch left over, and I had. And we had like the the spirit stick thing that yes. we won uh, three of those five days. So I'd just be leading everybody around, leading that chant. Yeah. It was fun. It was a blast. Everything was a competition. Mm-hmm. Everything about that week or the week long extended weekend, however mm-hmm. long it was, was a competition. Even down to, I can remember we had to sit with our our table, our mm-hmm. team, whenever we would eat. And whoever could put all of their dishes and their food trash in the best, neatest, most clean (laughs) structure on the table would win a trophy that sat on their table throughout the next meal. Wow. (laughs) Everything was a competition. So they don't do that anymore. No. Apparently, huh? Are these fuge camps and things? Yeah. Weird. I don't know. I think they're missing out on something. A little bit, yeah. There's, there's, so, there's some things about just camp culture that you need to hang on to. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to look at some Christians' reviews of this movie and discuss just what makes a movie Christian. Stick around. Stick around. 
Have you ever been around another person who used a word or phrase that you were absolutely certain that you should know, but you didn't? Well, of course you have. Hey, don't worry, nerd, because we've got some great news for you. You're about to learn something brand new, and this will be useful. Not like that throwaway knowledge like math or science. This is the real world, bub, and you need to be able to hold your own in a nerdy conversation. So pull up a chair and pay attention, because LTN's got another nerdy definition for you. This week's phrase is area control. Chances are you have played a game that uses this mechanic and might not even know or realize that you have. Games like Risk, Catan, Scythe, and all other games have heavily relied on what we in the board game scene refer to as area control. Now simply put, this means that you are going to try to occupy or control a certain territory or a part of the board in order to gain a strategic advantage or satisfy a win condition. You might even do it to keep your opponent from doing the same. Even though we see this mechanic used most often in board games, video games utilize a very similar mechanic in games like League of Legends and most competitive multiplayer environments where occupying a certain space can boost your team or add to your overall point count. Any game with a hardpoint mode is essentially using area control. We're looking at you, Call of Duty. So, the next time you sit down to play a game and somebody uses the term area control, you can hold your head high because, well, you understand that reference. Back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And today we're talking about A Week Away, Netflix's foray into Christian movie market. Into the. You skip yeah. those a lot. I do skip script. those a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> My bad. Uh, and that, let's just get right back to it. Okay. Uh, so we were talking about A Week Away again. Uh, there have been quite a few reviews for this movie uh, that have come out that all follow the same kind of uh, general theme which I uh, found confusing at first. And so I want to I wanna read some of these, okay. and uh, then we'll talk about them. All right. So first off, the title of this review is Not Exactly a Christian Film. Okay. Say it's a more of a motivational film teaching positive living. It's contradicting since it motivates uh, Jesus and his amazing grace, yet advises to look to self and others for grace, motivation, and conviction rather than God. It also seems to speak in ways that deny repentance, meanwhile expecting repentance like with Will's behavior for uh, like Will's behavior. Uh, it denies amazing grace in the sense that it influences we we can change or save ourselves rather than God. A majority of their views are secular or like those who are newer in the faith. Overall, it was okay, but in need of faithful growth. Okay. I'm not sure we watched the same movie. I know. I. <laughs> <laughs> so it does motivate Jesus. It does motivate faith. Uh, and it doesn't really say to look into yourself. Uh, I'm thinking specifically about, I think, maybe the only original song. It might not have been an original song, but I'm pretty sure it was. The uh, Good, though the, or Am I Good, the thing with the two, guy, the two characters that liked each other but didn't know that the other one liked each other. Yes. Uh, and am the, I good enough? Yeah, am I good yeah. enough? And 
that song very clearly was talking about how God made you this way. A little weird is okay. You know, yes. that kind of thing. God, God made you who you are. So be who you are. Mm-hmm. It's not saying look inside yourself and you will find all the strength you need. It's saying, look, this is who God made you to be. So be it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that has been, that was the kind of running through message through this thing. It's like, look, your circumstances might not be what you want them to be. You might not be who you want to be, but God made you this way. God put you in this place. Are you just going to keep running from it? Or are you going to do something about it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I don't get that. Uh, it says, it seems to speak in a way that deny repentance. Meanwhile, expecting repentance uh, from Will's behavior. So, there's plenty of repentance in the movie. (laughs) Plenty of it. Plenty of realizations that I was doing the wrong thing and owning up to the, uh, owning up to that fact. Yeah. Even Even the main villain. (laughs) I was just about to say, yeah. (laughs) Even the main villain by the end is like, look, I was doing the same stuff. You weren't the only person trying to put on a show and impress people. And I'm very sorry. Yep. Uh, That's good. And while at the same time we're, we're saying that uh, it's not necessarily saying that you look to self and others for grace, motivation, and conviction, uh, looking to others for grace, motivation, and conviction is not a bad thing. Of course we're going to get that from God, but we're also supposed to be doing this life together and get those things from our mm-hmm. believer family. Yeah. Uh, and so there are aspects of that in this movie. And that should be fine. (laughs) A lot of people tend to tune God out and sometimes need to get their head knocked upon by somebody here down on earth to get them to start looking God's direction. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. Um, It said a majority of the views are secular. I don't see that at all. I don't think they were overly, I don't think they overly beat you over the head with, with, you know, Bible talk the movie, but that wasn't the purpose of the movie. This was showing people having fun. So while they, you know, they talked about Ferris Bueller's day off and star Wars, that doesn't mean all their views were secular. No. In fact, I don't think that that was made clear by the movie at all. I don't think they were secular. Yeah. I think if we had a teenager who was struggling with identity, you know, or if we had teenagers struggling with same sex attractions, things, anything, Mm -hmm. You know, then I could see their argument, but n- none of that was even hinted to in right. the slightest. Right. Or racism or anything like yeah. that. None of that. There there were people of, of all races just acting like they were normal, never even had yep. an issue whatsoever, interacting completely with each other like normal, mm-hmm. which was nice. Yeah. Uh, and I do believe reflects how typically that goes at mm-hmm. camp. Yep. At least it does from, you know, my memory, but, uh, I, you know, I can't say that for sure, but it was nice at least to put that out there as like this, this makes sense. It mm-hmm. wasn't ever made a point, uh, as a big deal because this is the ideal. This is what Christians teach and preach is that, yeah, we, we are all the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there should be no reason to act differently. Right. We're all one body in Christ. Yep. Yes. Uh, so the next, the next review, 
is titled, I Don't Think I Would Call This a Christian Movie. Mm-hmm. So you see a theme starting. Uh, it says, while the show is set in a Christian camp, very few of, of the events actually focus on God. Mostly it's just stuff anyone would do at camp, which, yes, we, we concede that mm-hmm. fact. Jesus is never mentioned once, and salvation nor damnation is never mentioned. They did sing a couple songs, but even with Christian characters uh, describe their faith, it's very faith. It's very vague and generic, using words like connection or part of something bigger. I just felt like they exp- uh, exposed all of the negatives of the Christian lifestyle without any of the positives. Uh, so let's take this a bit at a time. Uh, Yes, again, agree. we agree with that. It did seem more like just a normal camp and not a Christian camp, other than the fact that they just acknowledged that it was a Christian camp uh, and talked about God a lot. Uh, Jesus was mentioned at least twice. Uh, not necessarily in the best ways that you want it to be, but in one case, he said, I'm waking up in a, in a camp full of Jesus freaks. Yeah. Uh, and then the other case was Sherry Shepard saying awkwardly, Jesus loves you after her weird... Uh, don't be on team 666 or whatever. Right. Uh, fumble that she had. Um, but either way, not not in a, well, I guess technically using the Jesus freaks thing is a, a negative way, but, you know, it's not presented as like Jesus is uh, bad <laughs> or anything like that. It's not beating you over the head with Jesus. See, and I don't consider it in a negative way. I consider it in a very realistic and honest way Mm -hmm. because the main character is at, he's very clearly not a believer, right? You know, and he is the one who says waking up in a camp of Jesus freaks. Mm -hmm. That is what any non-believer who is forced to go to a Christian camp would say. Or at least think. <laughs> Absolutely. And those of us who are quote unquote Jesus freaks would be like, heck yeah, you are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I I would not take offense to that. Yeah. Being said. Right. Like, you're right. Yeah. We took back that phrase a long time ago. We took that back of that phrase in 95. Yeah, we, we are. We are Jesus freaks. Yeah. Um, also, I really think a lot of these reviews... Uh, aren't giving credit to the lyrics of the songs yeah. as faith. Uh, Cause there are quite a few songs that are explicitly about your faith. Uh, yeah. <laughs> especially, especially God only knows. God only knows. Awesome. God yeah. dive place in this world. All of those are about faith. Many of them mention, uh, you know, opening up the Bible. Many of them are talking about how to live a better life, how to follow God's plan for your life. Like it's the theme of it is very, very pro faith. Yeah. (laughs) It's not just a, a kind of secular movie. Uh, the, the big difference is, and I think this is why people are saying, I don't call it a Christian movie is because it's not a typical Christian movie. The typical Christian movie follows a very bad formula and they're all the same. This story arises, this problem's happening, this person who's not a believer is experiencing the problem, gets, has some sort of revelation, and eventually accepts Christ at the end of the movie. That's the formula that is bad. It's a bad formula, and it's a bad, unrealistic way to do this. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying every Christian movie is like this, but the majority of them that you've ever seen or heard about have followed that weird pattern. Yeah. That's not usually how it works. Uh, and... 
I don't think that every Christian movie out there has to have some sort of weird altar call conversion moment at the end. Right. It doesn't have to. There is more to this Christian life than just watching unbelievers become believers. Why can't we have Christian movies that tackle other aspects of Christian culture, such as finding a community, finding a place where you belong, like this movie? Well, and here's the thing. I also, I want to point out something that's very, very important to remember. When you have movies that tie it all together with a pretty little bow at the end, okay, you're putting an expectation mm-hmm. of what reality should look like. Mm-hmm. And we've talked several times. I think even Deidre's testimony is that her, the seed in her life was planted during VBS, mm-hmm. but it wasn't at VBS that she accepted salvation. It was weeks, maybe months after But still from that seed that was planted during VBS, you know, and weighed heavily on her heart to anyone else. If this, if Deidre's life, if your wife's life had been a movie and she walked away from VBS, not going to the altar at the end of the week and accepting Jesus as her savior, that would be the argument that this would be the review of her life. You know, it wasn't all tied together at the end. Well, guess what? It's not always tied together right at the end. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes time and that's okay. And when we have this expectation of this is how it's supposed to be, this is how it's supposed to look then. And when it doesn't happen in real life, in reality, we view that as a failure. Yeah. We think that what we've done, the seeds that we've planted fell on hard soil Mm -hmm. when that's not the case. You know, so I take serious issue with the, it didn't all happen. It didn't all lead to salvation the way that it's supposed to. Well, who's to say? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it, uh, I guess I don't want to give away the total ending. So I guess I won't. Uh, But I mean, it does end in a, in a, a positive light Mm -hmm. uh, and a hopeful light. Right. Um, but the the other thing that like a typical Christian movie does with that, alongside that of it having to end in salvation, is that typically also we see that 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 fixes their life. Mm. All problems are solved at that point. All consequences are done away with. You have Jesus now, and your life is perfect. And while Jesus uh, solidifies your 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 soul, while while Jesus saves your soul now, moving forward. Your life uh, has probably a lot more to go through exactly. before you find yourself in a great place, uh-huh. especially depending on where you come from. But uh, I mean, it's not a it's not a quick fix. Yeah. And we should never treat Jesus as a quick fix. Uh, it's a first step. Accepting Christ is the first and biggest step, but there's so much that's supposed to come after it. And so when we have movies that are focused around that, and the climax of that movie has to be someone coming to Christ. Well, that's the end of the movie. We don't see anything else that happens after that. Mm -hmm. And well, that's also setting you up for an unrealistic, uh, you know, realization here in life Mm -hmm. when, well, okay, I'm watching that movie and I get convicted and I become a Christian and, 
everything's going to work just like that movie and things are going to be great. And then your life doesn't fix itself after that. And we're like, okay, well, never mind then. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's a false, a false message almost, uh, when we present this as just, just come to Jesus and all your problems will be solved immediately. Yes. That's not how it works. See, and here's the thing as an adult, which I really have to say that most of these reviews are probably written by adults. There. Um, it even says adult. <laughs> we have okay. kid reviews too. Um, as an adult, we can rationalize that. We can, we can, you know, we know that that, we know that to be true. Mm-hmm. You know, all of our problems are not going to go away the second that we accept Jesus. But as teenagers who are struggling and who are going through really difficult times and think that this is the end all be all, whatever struggle and issue they're dealing with in their life, they feel like it, it is the most pivotal moment. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of times Jesus and grace and salvation, church, Christianity, it does give that feeling of, okay, my life is going to be great now. My life is going to be great. And to have a movie where it doesn't give that false presentation of what salvation is, is necessary. You know, this a week away does not give that false idea that, all right, everything is tied together with a pretty bow in the end and his life is gravy from here on out. Mm -hmm. And that's necessary for the age that this movie is reaching. Mm -hmm. Anyway. That's my uh, thought. Yeah. Then the next uh, review says, this is a clean, feel-good movie, true. However, it messes, misses many elements of true Christianity and what salvation is. A few songs mention God's name, but so what? Any program could have done that. I think it's very shallow at best and pales in comparison to such movies as War Room, Fireproof, God's Not Dead. Uh, they could have done a lot better. It's a one for me. The lead returns to camp because of God? No, because of his memory of a girl. Somehow Jesus and his compassion and mercy was lost in all the dancing games and singing. Just another high school musical. So first of all, no, that's Mm -hmm. not why he returned to the camp. It wasn't because of the girl. You look at that picture, the picture that he was uh, both liked and then the girl gave him as she gave up and was going back to camp uh, because he was determined to leave. The picture wasn't of him and the girl. Picture was of him and the girl and the two other friends, including the one who was his uh, quote unquote cousin here yeah. in Bowie, the person yeah. that, that uh, he was living with in the camp. It was the, the fact that he had found family, he had found community, mm-hmm. he had found a place that didn't treat him as a juvenile delinquent, but actually wanted him to be better. Mm-hmm. And yes. That would all involve coming to Christ. All of the other three people in that picture were believers that cared about him, cared about his soul, cared about his future, cared about who he was as a person. And he realized that this was a situation where it was the first time this was happening. Mm -hmm. And he didn't want to give up on that. If it was because of the girl, then the second she pulled up, he would have left. Absolutely. There would not have been that back and forth. Absolutely. It's, it's, (laughs) this is the problem that I think we have as believers is for some reason, for some reason, out of all the things that Christians do, 
Christian music, Christian art, Christian everything else. Christian movies stay in this weird bubble where the Christian movie has to be a large Bible track. Mm-hmm. It just has to be a video Bible track mm-hmm. showing you how life was and showing you the path to Jesus, the exact sinner's prayer, and how your life will be just 100% Jesus and puppies moving forward. And for some reason, people don't find that entertaining. (laughs) And it also doesn't really speak to the heart of people. Look, I know there are people that have watched these movies and have had genuine um, reactions to them. And many people have been saved through watching these kind of movies. Absolutely. There is no reason, though, to say that we can't have a diverse uh, art form of Christian media that attacks different angles of Christian culture and Christian life instead of just focusing on a salvation story. Mm -hmm. There's so much more to Christianity than just the first thing that brings you into Christianity. Christianity continues beyond salvation, and it'd be cool to talk about it every now and then. (laughs) But that is why I liked Fireproof. Fireproof, not the best movie, but the fact that it focused on... on, uh, a struggling on marriage. A, yeah, struggling marriage and how, uh, you know, getting back to God mm-hmm. can help you repair that. Right. And, and uh, I, you know, I enjoyed that because it took a, it took a different take. It took yes. a different take, talked about a different topic. Um, it was really weird to see uh, 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 Kirk Cameron get all angry. Uh, yelling at his wife, I'm like, "Yeah, this ain't, nah, ain't Kirk Cameron." <laughs> but the movie wasn't bad. I enjoyed it a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, and it's because it's not following that same weird formula that we seem tucked in. Yeah. Um. So honestly, I'm not going to read any more of these. They all pretty much go this same route. Uh, the kids reviews uh, here. This, by the way, I'm reading all these off of Common Sense Media. Uh, for this page, uh, the kids reviews are split between, Hey, this was fun. And this was a dumb movie, but none of them are talking about <laughs> the faith aspects at all. It's right. just like, Oh, this is a gross singing movie uh, or Hey, this was like high school musical. And I liked it. You yeah. Know, it's, you know, so that's, I mean, that's fine. You, you the larger, the larger uh, lessons might be missed uh, when you're super young. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's, uh, it just it it hurts it hurts my brain and my heart a little bit that we're so critical mm-hmm. that if something doesn't follow how we think it's supposed to go piece by piece when it comes to a Christian film or any other kind of Christian thing, we automatically deem it as not Christian. Like that's just like you know here on LTN Radio we play a lot of artists that are believers, but they're not a Christian band. And so their songs don't always talk about Jesus, don't always talk about uh, a faith struggle. Many of them do. Yeah. But some of them are just fun songs. Some of them are love songs. That's okay. Yeah. All of these things exist within the Christian culture. Love exists. Fun exists. Having something that is not just overly beaten to death with, uh, you know, the heavier topics of Christian faith, something that can just be fun and uplifting can still be Christian and can still 
carry a very positive message to those who are receptive to it. Mm -hmm. And it's necessary. Mm -hmm. It is necessary for us to have that kind of quote unquote entertainment influence, influential entertainment. (laughs) Anything else you want to share? Well, I, I just wanted to say to add kind of to the, how it hurts your head, it hurts your brain. (laughs) Um, I kind of scrolled through some of the the reviews because I was halfway expecting to hear something along the lines of how can you call this a Christian movie when you don't have Christian actors, you know? Oh, okay. I, I was expecting to see that. Um, and was then going to point out a meme that we saw not too long ago in the previous back row Baptist. Back row Baptist church. Thank you. Which is now blooper real Baptist. Church. Thank you. Um, where they call out people like Sadie Robertson and Kirk Cameron and Christians in Hollywood, quote unquote, Hollywood, who aren't living up to their standard. And so I was just going to go off on a bit of a tangent there. (laughs) I'll keep it reined in since I didn't actually find a review. But if that is that is what that is kind of the mindset of most Christians these days is let me nitpick everything. Let me be negative. Let me find all the bad in everything as opposed to, you know what? This wasn't a cast of Christians, but they led a pretty good Christian movie. Mm-hmm. They played a pretty good Christian role. In- they played it believably. They played it not cheesy, uh-huh. not offensive. Not in a way that makes a believer go like, oh, gross, they're misrepresenting us. Like, right. good. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really know about you, Matt, but I kind of would like to have non-Christians playing Christian roles because I think possibly, maybe that might be a good um, stepping stone into faith mm-hmm. for those actors. Such as Mr. Jim Caviezel, who played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ and then became a Christian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you ever stop to think? Did you ever? I'm that, and that honestly is probably where I'm going to land on all of this is let, let us as Christians not be so bent out of shape and uptight and tied up by all the negatives and just take a minute to really see things from a different perspective, see the Mm -hmm. good that can come from it. Mm -hmm. This is a Christian movie on Netflix geared towards teenagers. That portrays Christians in a very positive light. Yeah. (laughs) Which is something I don't think any of us expected from Netflix. It's fun. (laughs) It's heartwarming. It comes right at the beginning of like right around the time that church camp signups for church camps are going on. Mm -hmm. These kids are going to watch this movie and be like, I want to go to church camp. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. There is a lot of good that can come from this movie. If we would just stop to take a minute and realize that instead of getting our unmentionables in a bind. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And we will leave it with that. Uh, Let's before we go. We haven't oh, done this in a while. We have not. You're exactly right. I don't know how I feel. Bad joke. Bad joke. <clears throat> Let's see. Let's randomize this. <clears throat> uh, 
I'm terrified of elevators, so I'm going to start taking steps to avoid them. <laughs> Bad jokes. All right. We're going to take one more break. Don't go anywhere, because when we come back, we'll share something that we love. More Backroom Morning Show to come. Stick around. What's up, nerd? You digging this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Visit LTNOnAir.com and make LTN Radio your new go-to for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie, as well as our exclusive LTN shows and podcasts, some of which air on the station before they're available anywhere else. Visit LTNOnAir.com to listen now and find the link to our app. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show as things are winding down for the day. But first, we're going to share some things that we love this week. Hey, I found a new show. Ooh, okay. It's called Game of Talents. Buh. Uh-huh. It has Wayne Brady. Buh. Oh, seriously? I used to love him, but he's oversaturated now. <laughs> oh, no. I... And... Yeah, I still really I like I love Wayne Brady. Oh, you make me sad. <laughs> um, he's the host. And do you remember the Nickelodeon show back in the day called Figure It Out with Summer Sanders? Oh, it sounds so familiar. And it had different kids who could do these talents or these different things. Um, and they would come on and they would give clues. And it was like the cast of all that. Um, there were three of them. And they yeah. had to guess yeah, okay. what their talent was. This it game of talents is very, very, very similar to figure it out. Okay. You have um, two teams who are trying to figure out what each person's talent is. I want to say there's like seven people who come on each episode. There's a list of the things that the, it could possibly be. Um, let me think. One was a extreme pogo sticker. Okay, like that's the talent that you see the list of the all the talents from each person. Okay. And then each person comes out individually one at a time. They give clues, they give hints, and you have to pick from that list of seven which one you think this person does. For every person that they correctly guess, you're building up a bank of money. Okay. Uh-huh. And so it's just, it's really, really neat to see how they cipher through all these clues and try to figure out all these things. And it's not just your normal run of the mill everyday talents. It's, hmm. it's pretty cool. Pretty awesome. Off the wall things. Okay. So, okay, okay. Anyway, where is it at? What's it on? Hulu. Where do you find it? That's where I found it. Hulu. Okay. <laughs> it's on one of the mainstream television okay. channels, okay. but okay. <clears throat> well, my thing is also a show. Okay. Uh, it is a, it's a, it's a sitcom that, uh, has had six TV series seasons, a movie, and is currently three seasons in to a revival as an animated show, kind of like King of the Hill. Okay. That I had never in my life heard of. But it was extremely popular, just not here. What is it? It's called Corner Gas, and it's about a, a very, very small town with a corner gas station that's attached to a diner. 
the only restaurant in town, the only gas station in town. Okay. Set in Saskatchewan, Canada. Okay. And it was made in Canada. Interesting. And it's super popular in Canada. <laughs> where? But where I've again? never <laughs> heard of it in America until my pastor happened to stumble across it on Prime and said, I bet you would really love this show. Okay. Uh, it's not like, it's not a laugh track comedy. It's very much a workplace kind of comedy thing. It's not like a faux reality show either, but it's just, you know, it's just a funny show. Okay. I am in the middle of the fourth season. I can't stop watching it. It's great. And having watched it so far, like it made me think of Seinfeld, but not in the way that I compare them, the, the two. Okay. But how Seinfeld was always always uh, posited as uh, the show about nothing. Mm-hmm. This is the real show about nothing. <laughs> the shows are about the dumbest, littlest, stupidest things. They're about absolutely nothing. But they're good. But they're hilarious. Okay. While Seinfeld was all about them trying to hook up with people. That's all that was. It was a it was a let's date everybody show. That's all it was. That's what people say about friends. <laughs> that too. <laughs> it really wasn't though. No, friends had a lot, but it was never touted as a show about nothing. Yeah. But this 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 is just I mean, there's so far there's no romance. <laughs> there have been no hookups. There have been little tiny nuggets of maybe possibly that, and then they've just gone for a long time. Like it's not a not a will they won't they situation that goes on for for several episodes or anything. They tease kind of a couple times, but in the four seasons there have been no weird hookups, there have been no relationships or anything like that. Uh it's really just focusing around all these kind of silly things that they get blown into like big storylines. I love it. I love it. You can watch it on Prime. Uh, but it's not actually part of Prime. It's on IMDb TV, okay, which is free. And I think there's an app for that you can get on your phone or your TV, your Roku or whatever. Uh, it does have ads, though. So okay. it's free with ads. Um, but it's worth it to me for the ads. Like, it's a good dang show. So Corner Gas. Noted. Lots of content. So we have given you two television shows yeah. to look up. Um, a lot to watch. Game of Talents is on Fox, by the way. Oh, okay. Game of Talents. Yeah, that makes sense. Fox yeah. has a lot of those weird shows. It's so good, though. <laughs> I really love it. I love it. All right, let's end with our verse for the day. Our verse for the day is James 1, 6. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. That's going to do it for our show today. Be sure to check out all of what you do online. Uh, we do, not you do. You can check out all of what you do online, too, but specifically, check what we do online at lovethynerd.com. We've got amazing articles on all things nerdy, as well as this show, LTN Radio, and our other podcasts and videos. If you'd like to directly support our mission and become a financial partner with Love Thy Nerd, and specifically with LTN Radio, then please visit lovethynerd.com slash partner, and you can find LTN Radio in the drop-down menu. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax-deductible. And as always, go follow us on all the socials at at the back row LTN, at LTN on air, and at Love Thy Nerd. And you can also find us hanging out at the Love Thy Nerd community Facebook group and at lovethynerd.com slash discord. Lastly, remember that we air first exclusively on LTN radio, ltnonair.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, find the back row morning show 
Show podcast version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. All of that helps us out immensely. Join us tomorrow morning for Back Row Rewind as Matt and I relive one of our first morning shows where we ask, is it incorrect to God to call God he? Is it indirect to God? <laughs> is it incorrect to call God he? <laughs> Mo, final thought. Oh, don't be a Christian movie turd, y'all. <laughs> Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise that it's true. Jesus, Jesus loves, loves you, nerd. nerd.